Hi there, and welcome to Live from the Cyber Institute. In this podcast, we listen in on conversations taking place among ministers, church leaders, and scholars as we engage the issues facing Christians and church leaders today. We hope that this episode is thought-provoking and a blessing to you, because as with everything we do in the Cyber Institute, our mission is to equip church leaders and help churches thrive. After you listen, make sure to follow our podcast so that you get all the latest episodes from your podcast platform of choice. Let's get started. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Live from the Cyber Institute. My name is David Knipe. I'm the Associate Director here at the Cyber Institute, and I have the pleasure of sitting down today with Stacy Losher, who is a minister on staff with the Preston Road Church of Christ in Dallas, Texas. Welcome, Stacy. Well, hello. I'm glad to be here. We are glad you're here. Tell us some about yourself. Well, my name is Stacy Losher. I am on staff at the Preston Road Church of Christ as the Next Gen Minister. I've been in ministry since the year 2000. I started in children's ministry, actually okay. by accident. I was a volunteer and had taken on a vacation Bible school, and that uh, volunteer role led me into uh, what has now been almost 23 years of full-time ministry. So That is fantastic. Well, I know my my mother's story was somewhat the same way. I know there are so many people that they they end up in full-time ministry starting out as volunteers. Absolutely, um, which is really sweet because you know you have the heart of, a, you have a heart for the ministry when you start serving as a volunteer and it leads into something that has become for me a 23-year career at this point. It's really sweet because my heart is the same. I still love children. I love families. I love walking alongside them and, you know, finding ways to make sure and introduce them to Jesus along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's tied into one of the things we're going to talk about today, just that ability to enter into ministry kind of with your eyes open. You're not, uh, it's not in theory, but uh, we're going to get to talk about a program at Preston Road that's allowing people to get real life on the ground experience in ministry as part of sort of discerning if, the, if that's something that they feel like God is calling them to. Um, but before we get there, um, you mentioned that you're the next gen minister at Preston Road. Um, and that is terminology that is becoming more common in churches, but uh, is not completely widespread. So would you mind just kind of orienting us? You know, when you say next gen minister, what does that mean at Preston Road for you? Right. For us, that includes everybody who has a child between the ages of birth and graduation, high school graduation. Okay. So we say from cradle roll to cap and gown is okay. kind of how we encompass our next gen ministry. I know that some churches um, extend that a little bit and include young adults or college age mm -hmm. uh, ministry. But for us in our context, we are um, everything that would be considered children's ministry and student ministry is put together in our next gen ministry. Okay. All right. That makes sense. So that is leading then to my next question. And, and like I said, one of the main reasons I wanted us to be able to visit, um, we've been talking a lot recently in the Cyber Institute, uh, whether it's on our blog or newsletter or this podcast or other forums about the, the ongoing challenges that churches are having in finding good ministers to hire, or honestly, sometimes any ministers at all. Um, but you and I were in, a, were in a meeting recently in which you talked about Preston Rhodes residency program. Um, and I understand that y'all have two next gen residents right now. But before we talk about some of the specifics, would you mind just introducing us to that residency program? Like, what does it mean? What are the goals? What are the parameters? What are we talking about here? Well, about two years ago, what we did was we evaluated our ministries and mm -hmm. we looked at the families at Preston Road and tried to imagine what would be 
um, our best practices that we could put into place to serve our families. Mm-hmm. And and to be honest, I was really um, encouraged by our elders to like take a really broad look and to dream big was the words that they used for me. And um, that is fun when people say that. To I you. mean, it really <laughs> is. And I went and met with a few people to just imagine how to dream big and get some uh, parameters on how big exactly they wanted me to dream. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a visionary, so I can really uh, live into that dreaming big yeah. feels is really fun to me. And um, one of the things that I did during that dream big time was I set a goal for myself to visit, uh, to have coffee or to have lunch with as many parents that had children in the next gen ministry. Okay. So over the course of three months, I was had the goal of going to coffee or lunch with somebody three times a week right. to try to get as many um, visits in as possible. And during that that time, um, we still had our traditional children's ministry and student ministry in place. But I sat across the table from those parents and I just said, like, what can we do for you? Mm-hmm. What can the church do to serve you? Where do you feel like we have a void? Where do you feel like we need more help? And um, over those three months, I gained a lot of insight and um, I also gained a lot of support Mm. because I spent the time sitting and visiting with those parents. Um, And one of the things that we recognized, well, we identified two specific um, uh, places of void, I guess, that we felt like we could use additional hands and feet and eyes and ears to be working um, in between this next Next Gen Ministry. And so that's, we wrote two very specific job descriptions that we felt like uh, filled the void uh, for us. So it would, I would, you know, I'd imagine it would be different at different churches based on what the the listening that you might do if you were considering bringing on a resident. But for us, uh, we decided that the residents would come and serve with us for anywhere between 12 to 24 months. So one to two years. Um, And at the end of the first year, we would evaluate uh, they would evaluate us and we would evaluate them and see like, are we going to extend this to a Mm -hmm. second year? Is this working? Do we want to keep, uh, working in the same capacity or do we want to part ways at this time and, you know, bless them and going and doing whatever is next for them and us start over with a new residency, uh, residency candidate, or uh, do we want to, you know, change things a little bit mm-hmm. and move maybe to a different position. So we're in year two with our second round of uh, residents and it's going really, really well. Okay. So I mean, what I, what I hear, I imagine, you know, for a lot of our audience members, you know, they're going to be familiar, obviously, with full-time ministry staff kind of people. You hire somebody and, hey, if this goes well, it's going to last five years, 10 years, 20 years. Uh, and probably also familiar with like the summer internship model. Three months, intense work, you know, a lot of times with a youth group or a children's ministry, and then that person goes back to college or whatever. But this is sort of an in-between where it's longer than the summer internship, but it's also not necessarily this like full-time commitment long-term. Um, so talk, if you will, about, you know, what do you see are some of the some of the real benefits here? I mean, I imagine it's going to help both the church and the, the resident to be able to discern some things, but I imagine there's all sorts of good things that y'all are finding out of this program. Yeah, absolutely. And it really, the residency was birthed out of the success that we had experienced through summer interns. Mm-hmm. Our church um, had the practice of using summer interns, um, three to four each summer. And uh, that's one of the things that we heard was we're best in the summer. We have Mm -hmm. more hands. We have more uh, energy in the summer. We can do more things. And so um, taking that summer 
energy and how do we expand that um, into the school year? And um, I think one of the things that we're seeing that is great, that that is successful for both the resident and the church is that um, we have we have a framework. We have some protection for both. Mm. So we have this young minister that's joining our team, and they have new eyes for ministry and new ways of doing things, and and a lot of energy, oftentimes because they're young and they're ready to you know really get started, but they don't have the perspective to see, okay, this is the order. This is why we do the things that we do, mm-hmm. or this is why this is the why we do the things we do in the order that we do them. Right. And so putting the these young ministers on a team with some experienced, mature, veteran um, ministers is safe. It gives them some safety and some accountability and in a in a clear framework to work within. But it also is challenging and great for this our mature team of staff because we have new eyes on our team. We have constant new eyes on our team. Every year to two years, we have somebody joining our our ministry staff that um, has a fresh idea or a fresh Mm -hmm. perspective on ministry. And sometimes a a fresh perspective for our church and the way that, you know, they see the Lord could be working, you know, in, in our context. So it's a, it's a framework. It's a safety framework for yeah. both the, the church and for the resident. Yeah. I mean, it's what it's making me think of is, uh, you know, this doesn't have to necessarily be with young adults, but it sounds like it's really perfectly suited for young adults just because like, I mean, developmentally they're, they're not in high school anymore. They've had a lot of life experience, church experience, they've seen things. And so they're mature enough to be able to reflect on that and have those ideas. But on the other hand, they haven't had so much experience that they're either set in their ways or that they've seen what those processes can look like. And so you get the benefit of um, the the energy, like you said, you know, they've had a diversity of experience maybe by now, but also uh, there's a need on their part to be able to have some guidance from folks that are maybe a little bit further along. Would you say that is that Kind of yeah. ringing true for yes, you. Yes, absolutely. And um, I, I think as we see the residents' time, you know, time has um, progressed a mm-hmm. little bit and they've been with us, they, they feel a little more certain on how to do things. I'm not having to, you know, proofread as many things or right. talk through as many details of, you know, how we edit this curriculum or yeah. how we uh, plan this big event, they they feel more confident in their ability to do that. But to get started, they have somebody that's there looking at things with them, helping them imagine, okay, think about how we could do this to lead towards you know this end goal. What's our goal of this event or this class that we're teaching and help kind of navigate them towards uh, whatever the goal is. Yeah, makes sense. It's almost like this. This I I don't want this to in any way be minimizing for the folks you're talking about. But the the image it makes me think of is training wheels. Right at the beginning of the year, or maybe there's a little bit of training wheels. You're kind of guiding them along, but then as they grow in their experience and expertise, you take the training wheels off and you can just let them let them go. Right, absolutely. And it's just it's so sweet, especially like the the two residents that we have in house right now. One graduated last May from Oklahoma Christian University mm-hmm. with a degree in youth ministry and um one of our residents is a current um GST student okay. and is getting her um her MDiv. And so we have both of them have rich experience. Both of them have great training already. They um, 
they they have great ex- uh, practical experience too, but they don't have full time ministry experience yet. Yeah. They don't. Ha- they have great internships under their belt. They have great uh, you know academic study under their belt, but they they don't have the full time ministry experience mm-hmm. yet. And there is a difference. There's a difference between a summer internship and what happens during those three months. And, oh, this is what it's like to be here every single Monday for mm-hmm. staff meeting. This is what it's like to be here every single week for elders meeting or how this is you get you get a different experience on how the church really functions when you are around full time. Yeah, no, that is, and that's very much ringing true with my experience back in the nineties. I went to college and was in a church, you know, 250 people. So preacher, youth minister, kind of standard program size. So I got involved volunteering with our youth ministry. Uh, And then the church at that time had a program kind of like this. And as I was trying to discern, do I want to go into ministry? Do I want to go into a secular career? Like what's the right thing for me? Um, I had an internship year very much like this, and uh, it was amazing, just unsurprisingly, how different it was to volunteer as a chaperone Mm -hmm. for something versus that everyday meeting, you know, doing the work, doing the grind, having the staff meetings, going to elders meetings. Uh, And it was so educational for me in helping me decide that ministry was the right path for me. But even if I hadn't decided that, it just gave me so many insights into what church life is like, what our ministers deal with on a daily basis. Because, you know, a lot of times folks in the congregation, they just they just don't know because they're they're not there in the office. Right. And it's kind of impossible to know. Right. Well, I want to come back in, in a little bit to uh, what you were saying about kind of the training side. But um, you mentioned that. Uh, one came from OC, the other, I think she did with undergrad at UT in Austin yes, and now yes. at ACU. Okay. Yeah. So when y'all are looking for your residents, you know, you're looking at resumes, you're talking to people, what would you say you're looking for in a resident? Cause I imagine it's similar to, but also maybe a little different from a summer intern or a long-term full-time staff position. Right. I mean, first and foremost, we're looking for someone who, who loves the Lord mm-hmm. and is, has an energy of wanting to spread the gospel, wants to go and do good Mm -hmm. work. Mm -hmm. And um, for us, there's not a prerequisite that says they need to have a, you know, a theological degree or degree in ministry of any kind. Um, We would love it if there would be somebody who, you know, has a nursing degree or an elementary education degree, but wants to consider, I feel like, you know, I feel a calling to what the Lord could do with me. And, I'm going to give this year of my life to Mm -hmm. this this residency and see what happens with it. And at the end of the residency, if they go and take the things that they've learned about how a church works and apply it into their elementary classroom, that is great. Like they're going to be serving the kingdom in that context. And we bless that. But um, I think also just considering like there is the Lord has you know, a calling for every single one of us in, mm-hmm. in any context. And so how can we, how can we uh, take people and just light that fire and hopefully bless the kingdom, right. whether they, they stay with us in our little corner of the world. Um, well, it's not little in the middle of Dallas, mm-hmm. Texas right. part of the world, but uh, whether they stay with us, you know, 
ex, you know, extended beyond their residency, which yeah. is selfishly, you know, sometimes a, a real desire of sure. ours is to just keep them on our staff and and transition them into another position. And that that is a goal, uh, you know, in a lot of ways. But if if it's not their dream, you know, we want to bless that and in, and in turn know that like we're sending them out equipped to go and serve wherever the Lord is calling them to be. Yeah. And that's, that's something that I've thought, you know, you mentioned this is the second year, you know, five years from now, let's say you, you keep on having two a year, well, that's 10 to 12 people. You know, I would imagine that some of them will be in everyday, you know, secular and not in a bad way jobs. Right. You know, they're, they're teaching, they're nursing, they're raising families, whatever. Um, some of them might be still at Preston Road, but then others might, be in school, they might be in other churches. Right. And, and I just love that y'all have that vision of this does have benefit for you as a church um, and might have a personnel benefit later on, mm -hmm. but it also is a way that y'all can use your resources to send people out into kingdom work, whatever that may look like. Right. So it's like you have that we have the vision and the desire for this to launch forward into the future and bless the greater kingdom. But we're also very presently minded because we're looking at what do we need today? Mm -hmm. What does our church need today? What do these young ministers uh, bring to our team and how can they impact our church today so that hopefully it will bless the greater kingdom in the future. Because if these residents, these young ministers are on our team and they are working into their giftedness and into their uh, specific job descriptions that we have created for them, then they're they're already blessing the, the future kingdom because mm -hmm. they're in the lives of the next generation. Yeah. This next generation of Christians that are, you know, our churches are, are working to equip and raise up. So um, whether they stay with us or go work um, vocationally somewhere else, they're doing that part of the kingdom work. But then they're also doing the kingdom work of the present Absolutely. in the work that they're doing, you know, with our with our next generation um, of our families. Yeah. No, you know, and I mean, you, you, I'm sure you know this. There are people who who study this kind of thing. Like, how is it that the church raises up new ministers? And the folks that study it say, there's kind of three main things, right? On the one one hand, we, we need intellectual, educational formation, and that often happens kind of in a seminary or a college. They need affective formation, right? They need to have their hearts turn toward the Lord and turn toward ministry. And then they need behavioral formation. Like, what does it actually look like to do it? And you guys are doing the last two of those three. I mean, by uh, having them work with mentors, whether officially or unofficially, mm -hmm. working alongside staff folks. But like you said, just doing the day-to-day -day things, mm -hmm. they're getting that kind of personal and affective formation. They're getting that behavioral formation. And then that can also lead to the educational formation, whether it's formal in a school or just being able to read and, and learn and grow in that way as well. So, I mean, Y'all are doing the things that people hmm. who study this say are the ways we need to raise up new ministers. That's awesome. And that's that. I love to hear that. I loved it. We didn't know that's what we were doing, mm. but I'm I'm thankful to know that we were doing that. And hopefully we're doing that well. And we are seeing we're seeing really sweet, immediate benefits yeah. to um, our church family and just the transition between children's ministry into student ministry. We really, uh, part of what we really focused on when we uh, launched this next gen initiative was uh, making sure that we were really intentional with um, leading our families from children's ministry into student ministry mm -hmm. so that we, we took them and we, we continue to walk with them and grow with them. So, in, you know, in order to have a thriving 
children's uh, student ministry, you want to have a thriving children's ministry mm-hmm. first. So like we're putting in the work now in children's ministry. So two and three and four years from now, we we have, you know, we're, we're positioned to have a thriving student ministry. We're, yeah. we're creating the relationships, you know, in the ministry before. And um yeah, and we see that. Like we're seeing that payoff. We're mm. seeing the this the families um, really commit early in children's ministry, um, and we're seeing it pay off already in student ministry, even after two years. Yeah, no, that's great. Okay, so so last question. I, I would love for you to reflect some on what do you feel like other churches can learn from what y'all have learned, what y'all have experienced. And here's kind of what I mean. Um, there are going to be some folks who are listening to the podcast and they're going to think, well, I, I don't know that next gen is the right move for us, but you know, I like this idea of an internship. I, we, we could have a preaching intern or a preaching resident, right? Mm-hmm. This, this could work really well. Maybe not so much with this ministry, but with that one or other folks might say, I don't know that we necessarily have the same resources, but we might have to get creative on how we can do because it almost it's almost kind of an apprenticeship mm-hmm. sort of model. So, like, what do you think? What do you think other churches can take away from what Preston Road is doing? What y'all are experiencing? What you're learning? I think um, I would really just want to bless them into dreaming big mm. themselves for their own uh, for their own church context, for their ministry staffs, for what the families um, in their body of believers may be needing or wanting or desiring. And uh, listen, mm. listen to each other and listen to your people and then just boldly walk into it because I, I really, I believe that the Lord, you know, is going before us and preparing a way for things. And when we dream big and launch it um, and it's what the Lord's wanting, I think, you know, he will definitely bless it. Yeah. And so like my encouragement would be to listen uh, well, and to dream mm. big. Yeah, that makes that makes sense to me. Like one thing we we talk a lot about with when we're trying to help churches find ministers, you know, is there's this natural feel that the next minister for our staff is out there somewhere, and sometimes that's right. I mean, you know, we we put the put the application or put the job description out, and we get applications mm-hmm. in, and we find that best person. But sometimes the next minister, in whatever way is already there right. in your church and right. you just don't don't know it yet. And maybe it's because they haven't had an opportunity. But I also appreciate what you're describing with vision because we know that there are all sorts of people that respond to vision. They respond to big vision. And so, you know, I, I imagine there are churches out there that would love to do something like a residency program, but might not be able to do it right now. Mm-hmm. And so maybe what they need to do is what you said, let's listen to the Lord. Let's dream big. Let's imagine and then the vision comes and then that attracts people to the church. And then maybe that resident comes as a relatively new member who has been drawn by the vision that they're, they're not at the church because they've always been there because their mom and daddy were church of Christ, but because they're attracted to what God is doing in that church and in that context. And then that opens the door for this apprenticeship residency kind of thing. Right. Absolutely. And I think if you take back the, if we go back to what one of the original goals of the residency is, and that is to give some framework, to give mm-hmm. some some guidance to the resident. Um, if they come from, if the resident comes from within mm-hmm. your church body, you're, you're 
by by bringing them on in a residency role, you're saying, let me walk alongside you as you get started mm-hmm. in ministry. We see this a lot of times in children's ministry where um, a church is looking for a children's minister yep. and they have a hard time finding somebody who will move their family and come work you know, there. So they, mm-hmm. they look within mm-hmm. and they see this is a volunteer. I mean, I'm talking about myself here. This is a volunteer who has a heart for ministry and is good at what they do, but they have another career in teaching. Or in my case, I worked in special events. And um, so could we offer them a job and bring them on as a children's minister? And oftentimes, yes, you can. But what if you brought them on with um, like when you were holding their hand mm-hmm. at the same time and you said, we're going to partner you. We're going to bring you on full time on our staff to do this role of children's ministry. But we're going to do it in a way that um, gives you some gives you a safety net yeah. so that you have somebody that's going to help transition you into what it's like to be in ministry because it's different. It's mm-hmm. different than being an elementary education you know, teacher. It's different than in my case, uh, you know, doing special events. I had, I did some of those same things that I do in ministry, but um, it's different. And so I needed somebody, I need a mentor. I need somebody who's willing to, to walk with me and help me see, you know, how I can take what the Lord has already gifted me with and apply it into everyday full-time ministry. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine that kind of the way you, the way you frame it is probably really important. You know, if you're going to invite that person in, you know, we're not putting these guardrails on because you lack something or because you're less than it's just, you haven't had that experience yet. Mm -hmm. You haven't had all the knowledge yet that you will Mm -hmm. one day. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we want to help set you up for success uh, in the best, best way that we can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. Well, Stacey, I am so grateful uh, for the time you spent and sitting down with uh, with me and with our audience members by means of the podcast. And to our audience members, I would just say, let me echo what Stacey said. Keep on dreaming big. Keep on listening. Uh, we know that in many churches, it is a challenge to uh, to raise up ministers and to find that next generation. Uh, you know, but I think as members of the kingdom, right? We don't just want to depend on kind of a corporate setup where we put out the job description and hope all the candidates come to us. We want to do things like we see in the book of Acts, right? Where folks like Timothy and others come up from within uh, and we want to use the wisdom we have to train them well and to enculturate them and and show them what it looks like uh, to serve in ministry because that's just going to have all kinds of multiplying effects um, down the line. So uh, to our audience, thanks for being here. Stacy. thanks uh, to you again. Uh, and folks, if you want to uh, learn more about uh, some of the transition resources that we have available from the Cyber Institute in all sorts of ways, uh, you can go to our website at www.cyberinstitute.org slash transition. Uh, and as always, you can find all of our podcast episodes at cyberinstitute.podbean.com. Thanks for being here and we'll look forward to next time. Thanks for listening today to Live from the Cybert Institute. We would love to connect with you on our social media channels and you can always find all of our various resources at our website, cybertinstitute.org. If you haven't done so yet, make sure to subscribe and follow this podcast on your platform of choice, then share it with your friends. Until next time, may God bless you in all that you do.